Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, Ryan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Welcome in the Deerfield Gridiron Browns postgame show. Said we'd be here, win, lose, or draw. So we're here um, to break down. I don't know, breakdown's not even the right word. Lament a 38 to 7 drubbing at the hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Dan here with Steve. We are flying. Well, I can't say solo because there's two of us here, but. Uh, Ryan and Jimmy are both on assignment. Good job on those guys for not having to be here and do this show. But we're going to be accountable, and we're going to do it. We said we're going to do it. So, well, The master scheduler uh, definitely gave them a pass for today. Yeah, right? Wow. Man, boy, what a whoo. What a day. Not good. Not good. Browns lose 38-7 to in Pittsburgh, which I have now – I don't know why it took me this long, but have uh, dubbed the House of Horrors uh, for Cleveland Browns football. Haven't won there in the last 17 years now, and uh, we're going to have to wait till next year to see if we can slay that dragon. So uh, another piece of note and news, I am now banning the good morning, good afternoon, and good night Pittsburgh sounder until whenever we play. I don't think we play Pittsburgh until last week of the last year. Last week of the season, week 17. So... Um, you will not hear me playing that uh, because, quite frankly, I don't deserve to play it, and the Browns don't deserve to have that sound effect. The Pittsburgh kick, Pittsburgh kicked our ass today, so you will not be hearing that. I know some of you are heartbroken. I know Jordan and Jimmy are probably, if they're listening to this, um, which I don't know if why Jordan would be listening to this because his football team sucks even worse than the Browns did today. Uh, not just today. Well, that's what I meant. I was I was gonna say sucks even more than the Browns, but the Browns don't suck. They're four and two. They just suck today. Yeah. The te- the Texans have sucked all year, um, but uh, I'm sure they're happy. Jimmy too. So uh, shout out to those guys. Um, and uh, away we go. Uh, you know I don't even know where to start. Nothing looked good today. I mean, there's not there's nothing you can point to that say that hey. You know, it used to be with these Browns games. You know, Browns getting demolished isn't something new to Browns fans. But it's like it, it used to happen so many times and so often to where, like, we can pick out, like, moral victories. Like, hey, well, at least, you know, this one guy looked good or blah, blah, blah. Nothing looked good today. Absolutely nothing. I mean, you can go even as far to say as uh, Jamie Gillen looked bad because he was not good punting the ball. Um, Coach Stefanski didn't have a good game. Obviously, Baker didn't have a good game, throwing the pick six, and then the second interception, I don't know what he was doing there. Um, 
also playing with the uh, the rib injury, which obviously um, inhibited his play. I mean, you can't you couldn't watch the game and and say that it, it didn't have an effect. That's not an excuse. Uh, the interceptions were horrible, um, but uh, you know, obviously the the ribs were bothering him a lot, and then got re-injured to the point where they had to take him out in the third quarter. You really have to wonder if they if he should have even played at all today. I I agree. Respect. I I mean I agree. I mean we didn't really know how bad it was because they were just saying during the week like I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. Um, but you could tell. You could tell it was bothering him. And then he took a shot right before halftime when he was run. And then he ran into the tunnel at halftime where, you know he he was kind of holding his right arm like still like he wasn't he wasn't moving his right arm because they were bothering him. You know, you see this actually more in, in soccer, and this is probably the only time I'm ever going to talk about soccer on Brown's post game. But like, the coach will sometimes, you know, hold players out if they if they're being pragmatic, they feel like it's not in their best interest to play them in certain situations, particularly if they're hurt, or if they won't say it publicly, but they feel like their team can't win the game regardless. And I almost feel like this is one of those situations where maybe the Browns should have just sat him, saying, you know what, this is going to be an L anyway. Yeah. But like. You don't want to get that sort of an attitude into the building, so I get why they wouldn't do that. But right. and Baker's the, Baker's the kind of guy where he he doesn't want to come out ever. But like, the one thing you don't want to do is get him hurt, and then oh by sure. the way, now we're playing Cincinnati and teams we actually can beat, and now he's not there. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, exactly. And uh, for all you uh, Case Keenum people, that guy didn't exactly come up and uh, you know light the scoreboard up. So uh, if Baker's hurt, we're in real trouble. Um, yeah, I don't think we have to worry about a quarterback controversy. After no, and Kevin Stefanski said right after the game, he's like, yeah, if Baker's healthy, he's playing. Because you know our media and our media, as soon as Case Keenum got brought into the game, they're like, oh, here we go, quarterback controversy. And uh, even if Case Keenum had, uh, you know, threw a couple touchdown passes, it wasn't going to change the fact. Case Keenum today was 5 of 10 for 46 yards. That's yeah, nothing to write home about. Yeah, he also missed a wide open Kareem Hunt on a fourth down play. Uh, could have had a couple interceptions himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, it 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 wasn't good. You know, I'm not. Listen, I I said it at the open. I'm not I'm not defending Baker at all. I'm one of the biggest Baker supporters and defenders that there probably is in this city. There's no defending the play today, even though he was hurt. There's no defending it. It just he was bad. He really was. Um, that being said, I think the offensive line played about as bad a game today. Well, certainly as bad this year because they've been great this year so far. They were horrible today. And I don't know if a lot of it was scheme. There was uh, there was probably 10 times where uh, either a guy like J.J. Watt or not T.J. Watt or Bud Dupree were literally rushing Baker unblocked. How do you not block those guys? There's just nothing you can say about that. Right. I mean, there's there's no reason for that unless if they're blitzing six and you only got five or something or, like that. Yeah. But, or I don't I don't understand the the fascination and this isn't just to fancy. This is this is all across the NFL. It's gotten to this is teams that try to block pass rushing edge rushers with their tight ends. Like what are you doing? It doesn't work. Asking way too much out of the tight end, especially if you've got a DN that is, you know, Pro Bowl caliber out there. Yeah. You know, which was the case today um, on one side and possibly both. I don't know if Dupree has uh, made a I Pro mean, Bowl good. or not. He's good. But uh, – TJ Watt, but, I mean, but seriously, 
I mean, it, you're just asking yourself for trouble, especially when you have seen in the early part of a game that you're having trouble blocking up front. You really should be going to more six-man front, seven-man front, you know, trying to max protect. I don't know why teams won't do that more often. Yeah, and uh, I'll say this, too. I love Kareem Hunt. I think he's a really good running back. The Browns miss Nick Chubb dearly. Yeah, that's um, that's brutally obvious, especially on a day where, nah, I don't know. This is a game that you pretty much lost in the trenches. Yeah. So, you know, which is something we haven't seen from the Browns this year. Sure. But that being said, Nick Chubb is, you know, you say what you want about your running back combinations. He is earth. He is the one who's go- yeah. who's going to move that pile, you know, be the physical force. And right now we don't have it. Yeah. Yeah, we certainly miss him. And he's definitely going to be out at least one more game. I would, I would think that the Browns are probably going to lean on caution and keep him out until after the bye week. So... I think you're going to miss Nick Chubb for another two games uh, because we we play Cincinnati next week, then uh, Las Vegas, and then we have our bye week. So uh, I'm guessing that they're going to keep him out to the bye week so he can get that one more extra week of of recovery to come back from his knee injury. And we're going to need him in the second half of the season because you know we're 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 in a sour mood. We're lamenting this loss today, but the Browns are still four and two. They have two very winnable games coming up in the next two weeks. And, you know, this loss doesn't end the season as far as, like, where you – like, the Browns still have everything in front of them, especially with the NFL expanding the the playoff seedings this year. There's a lot to talk about right now if you are a Browns optimist, and there's also a lot to talk about if you're a Browns hater. There's a lot of different ways you can interpret this situation. But if you're an optimist right now, you're looking – you're saying, hey, four and two – after six games, that's great. That's better than I think all three of us projected that uh, sure. in the preseason. Um, sure. You know, and the two hardest games on paper, you lost. Yeah. The other ones, you won. I mean, I, I think if – believe me, majority of Browns fans, if you were given them four and two after the first six games, they would have signed immediately. So, yeah. you know, then I guess the pessimist would say, well, in the two games, you got crushed. And oh, by the way, they're both division games, which is not going to be good for you know tiebreakers and stuff down the road. But yeah, it's you know. so I I saw this and I saw a couple of uh, media members uh, tweet this today, and uh, you know they thought they were smart in tweeting this, but it's like you know no bleep. Like they said, yeah, the Browns are better, but they're still not in the league of the Ravens and the Steelers. Yeah, no crap, they got crushed by both of those teams. They are arguably the two best teams in the league right now. Yeah, you can make a case. Right? I mean, Titans are also undefeated, and Kansas City's out there, obviously. But yeah, I mean, the Browns are arguably playing the best division in football. I mean, it, it's it's well, the that's a- that's true. Well, it's the AFC North and the NFC West. It's those two divisions. Those are two very good divisions. You could go either way with those. Hmm. Um, but I would probably say that the top two teams in the AFC North are better than any team in the NFC West. You I mean, think the Ravens and the Seattle. Steelers are better than Seattle? That's that, that that's right there. That's right there. But you know, San Francisco's having a having a uh, back to earth kind of year. Um, they have a lot of injuries. Um, I definitely think the Browns are better than both San Fran and Arizona, whichever team you would pick third. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Which will be interesting to see uh, Arizona uh, tomorrow night when they go to Dallas and play the Cowboys. But uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I, just getting back to it, I, I thought the Browns' uh, offensive line was horrible. They couldn't pass block. They couldn't run block. Um, you know, ben, Inexcusable. 
bread and butter of the Browns uh, team this year is the offensive line play and the ability to run the football. I mean, that's the recipe for success. They couldn't do either today. Uh, I think the Browns had less than 50 yards rushing today. You really, it really makes you wonder just with how bad the offensive line was today. You know, I don't, I can't believe we haven't played the soft soundbite yet. But I mean, I have to wonder is this a case of them being mentally, I don't want to say scared, but just mentally not tough? You they, called for it. They were so soft today, period. Yeah, I mean it wasn't good. Um, and again, I, some of it I think comes down to schematically. I don't, I don't know what we were doing. Like you can't. It, it has to come down to scheme. If if that many times you're just letting T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree come clean off off the edges, like what's going on? Well, something's clearly wrong with the game plan. Yeah. Yes. Like that. That. That's why I also put this on Stefanski. He was not good today. Not good. And not and, adjusting either. And he owned up to it in the postgame press conference. He said, "I got you know he's got to do a better job," which we heard every single week from Freddie Kitchens last year, and and you know he never got better. The difference with Stefanski is, you know, he said this after the Ravens game, and the Browns did get better, and they ran off four straight wins. Let's hope that getting drubbed by a division division rival Super Bowl contender has the same effect after this loss, because if that happens. The Browns are eight and two after ten games, and yeah, we lost to Steelers and the Ravens and got killed by both of them. But we're sitting at eight and two, and as a Browns fan, if you're sitting at eight and two, you don't care who those two losses are against and how they how you lost because when was the last time we were eight and two? Here's one for optimism: Browns got crushed by the Ravens in Week One. Who they play in Week Two? Cincinnati. Who are they playing next week? Cincinnati. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, so in years in years previous, I would I would be very concerned um, about a loss like this, kind of dovetailing and and kind of snowballing and ruining a season. And Lord knows it could have happened after Week One when we got crushed by the Ravens. But you saw the way oh, that the it could have, yeah. And you but you saw the way the team responded, and it wasn't just hey we came back and we and we beat the Bengals, but then we're going to lose two more. I mean, how many times have, you know, every year the Browns lose the opener. That that was nothing new. Mm-hmm. But how many times have the Browns lost the opener and then lost two of the next three after that and then are in a one-and-three hole? Oh, a lot. After the first quarter Most of the season. Most years, actually. Yeah. And the so, years that they weren't were like 2014 and 2007 where yeah. they actually, you know, had a legit chance to do something. We lost this game today, but we're still sitting at four and two. Right. And, yeah, we're in third place in the division, and both of the teams ahead of us have the hammer on us because of – head-to-head losses to them. But, again, with the expanded NFL playoffs, you know, that really doesn't matter in terms of the seven seed. The part that sucks is the fact that we're probably resigned to fighting for the seven seed in the AFC. A wild card. Right. Um, the division is most, I mean, unless we beat the Ravens and the Steelers at home the the, the next two times we play them head-to-head, the division is probably, you know, I'm not even gonna say it's out of it's out out of the. It's not out of the picture, and I'll, I'll tell no, you exactly why. No, but it's why. tough. The yeah, it is tough. But here's the thing: if the Brown, the Browns have to take care of their own business, they don't play right. the Ravens or the Steelers again until mid December. Right. So, you know, over the next well, that, two months, yeah. you've got your your case to where you know maybe the Steelers, the Ravens, maybe they have trouble, maybe they get some injuries. You know, it's it's pretty. It's pretty hard to be consistently great all the way through a season, no matter who you are. Yeah. So 
I mean, right. if you run off a bunch of victories here, and again, we, we go even further into the schedule, you know, once you get past the bye, you, you, when you play Houston, you play Philadelphia, you know, some of the teams that are not doing as well, you get through the next two games, you could be setting yourself up for something really special here. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, like we said, if, if the Browns rebound after this loss, and let's say going into the bye week, let's say they, they take care of business and do what they're supposed to do and beat the Bengals, the Vegas game is a little bit of a toss-up because Vegas is very Jekyll and Hyde. You don't, you know, if we catch them on a day where they're playing like they did against the Chiefs, we're not going to beat them. But Vegas is one of the two teams in the league, along with Indianapolis, that I don't think I've called any of their games right against the spread. <laughs> I, they I, are impossible hard. to predict. It's hard. I mean, I mean, who in their right mind would have picked them against the Chiefs? Uh, nobody. Right. So it's like, know. you know, that you know that might have been their one game where they just you know pull that out of their butt and mm-hmm. just win. But like I'm saying, like they're you can't really predict them. The Bengals you can predict, right? Yeah, pretty much that they're going to be in the game probably, but they're they're, they're, they're going to screw up right. at the end of the game and lose, which is what they did today. Yep, and what they did against us. Mm, well, they uh, barely in the game. I mean, they they did get a backdoor cover against the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, let, let's say the Browns come back these next two weeks, take care of business, and they are six and two at the bye week in the mid halfway mid midpoint of the year. None of us had them at six and two. No, right. I think one of us might have had them at five and three. The rest were four and four. Yeah. And uh, the second half of the season, I mean, I can pull it up, but just off the top of my head, I mean, that's got to be the message that Stefanski gives the team: just burn the tape, forget it. Now it's about taking uh, care of the a, business in front of us. And so, if you do, you're going to be looking. Good. Even if they split the next two games, they're five and three. That's still not a bad position to be in. Sure. If you're talking about get, trying to get a wild card, really, sure. with the seven teams getting in, you win ten games, you're going to the playoffs. Absolutely, period. absolutely. Um, let's see, what did I? So I, I had to, uh, I had to uh, take control of the live tweeting during the game today because Ryan is out on assignment. And uh, I, I had the, the tweet that said, everything, everything has been bad today, everything. But in the wise words of William Belichick, we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. And that's how, that, like you said about Stefanski, that, that's got to be the mindset. Bury this game. You know, there was the old, the year that the Patriots won their first Super Bowl, they, went, they were 1-3 at one point. And Belichick went out before practice, getting ready for the next week. He buried the ball. And he said, you know, this is it. It we're turning it around right here, and the Browns aren't in that situation because, like we like we keep saying, as bad as today was, we're four and two. We're still in a very good position, but this is one where you're just like, guys, it's almost like, hey, we're not even gonna, you know, let's not even watch the film. Let's not even. We don't have to even have to go through corrections. Today was a complete ass kicking. Let's bury it. Let's move on. And, you know, we still have everything in front of us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we can go through the stats. You know, Miles Garrett had another sack today. I guess that's, that's, that's a bright spot. But really, aside from that play, he didn't have much of an impact. Um, you mentioned the rushing stats earlier in the game. Uh, the Browns had 75 yards rushing on 22 carries. Yeah, and a lot of that came in the fourth quarter. It's when only the game, three when and a half. Was, yeah. A lot of that came in the fourth quarter when the game was decided already. Um, Passed yeah. the ball 28 times, ran at 22. I mean, you'd have to say the offensive balance was good. They just didn't get anything done in general. So Right. Uh, um, but the, the 
the pick six is is was the uh, you well, talk about an early backbreaker in a oh. game. My goodness, especially and and this is what we talk about with the mental side of the game. This above all other games. I mean, we talked about it last week. What would happen when the Browns got behind in a game mm-hmm. and they would have to try mount a comeback? This is probably the hardest game out of all of them to try to make a big comeback just yeah. because of the mental side of it. You haven't won in Pittsburgh for well over a decade. They're four and zero. I mean, I know you're four and one, but you know, it just it just looked like the Browns just never were in this game <clears throat> mentally after the pick six. They just they just started to think to themselves, "Oh crap, here we go again." Yeah, just get me out of here. You know, that's that's the vibe I I got. Yeah, yeah. It was it was bad. It was bad. I mean, the Browns, the Steelers got the ball first. They went right down the field, and the Browns held them to a field goal. I'm like, okay. That's all right, you know, Ben. But don't break whatever. I thought if we if we could hold the Steelers to field goals instead of touchdowns, you know, we had a chance. Um, but then the Browns get the ball, and it was yeah, it was just bad. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick was the guy who who picked it off and ran it in. He knew the play before the Browns had even snapped the ball. I mean, you could tell on the replay. It was one of those. It was it was like third and four, and it was one of those. Baker gets the snap. Hitches to his left and just throws the ball. It's not. It's, it wasn't one of those where he just you know was scrambling and and looking around for five seconds and then eventually just threw the ball and didn't see the 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 safety. It was a it was a one read play to Austin Hooper where Baker gets the ball, turns to his left and throws to get the first down. So it was third and four. It was like a six yard route. Well, Minka Fitzpatrick had to have known the play was coming because as soon as the ball was snapped, he broke right on Austin Hooper and just jumped right in front of the pass and. Picked it off. That's something you see in film study, right? And, and you know, right. So it it wasn't like it was it. It's exactly what you said. Something that you picked up in film study. Like, all right, if the Browns come out in this formation and Austin Hooper's lined up the way he is, the situation it's third and short, third and four, third and me, you know, third and intermediate. You know, the ball's going to come out quick. Austin Hooper's probably their number one target on the play, so I'm going to jump on him. And that's what happened. You know, it wasn't it wasn't Baker it wasn't Baker staring down the receiver. It wasn't anything like that because literally he got the ball, he turned, he threw. It wasn't like he got the ball looking one, two, three, then throw it. It was just make a new make a new the play and jumped on it. And what helps you if you're Minka Fitzpatrick is that the Steelers D line was getting to the quarterback so quickly that you didn't have to worry about covering deep because they weren't going to be able to block for that log, so, which allows you to undercut a route like that. Yeah, and I, I said it was probably middle of the second quarter. I think it was seventeen nothing at this point. I'm like, why don't the Browns just, you know, try and take a shot deep, try and alleviate the pressure? But in reality, we didn't have enough time to stand back there to allow our receivers to get deep to be able to take a shot down the field because the Steelers were in our backfield the entire day. It was just bad, man. I just bad, bad, yeah. bad, bad, bad. Very bad. There's bad. yeah, like you said, there's there's just nothing to uh, say good about this game. It was just a mess. Sandejo missed a missed the open tackle in the backfield that uh, let the after that the runner went for like a twenty yard gain. So there's your Sandejo moment. Of I the was day. just gonna ask, like we hadn't even mentioned his name up to this point. Like no, I, that goes to show you how bad a day it was that we're not singling out players. I mean, we're just it was all bad. Uh, nobody played well. All today. bad. I mean, if if you had to single out somebody, I would I would go with two. It'd be Baker and the O line. I mean, it was just bad, really bad. 
I mean, bottom line, if the O-line doesn't play well and we can't run the ball, we're going to struggle. How much of what happened today do you think is on injuries and how much is just performance in general? Well, there's some on injuries. Uh, Wyatt Teller not playing, hurt, obviously. I mean, he's graded out as the best offensive lineman in football over the first four and a half. Let's see, he went out the middle of last week. So the first quarter of the season, he graded out as the best offensive lineman in football. So you Mm -hmm. take him away against a defense that is very good, you're going to struggle. Um, on defense, we're obviously still hurting. Ronnie Harrison, who had a pick six uh, against the Colts last week, he didn't play today because of a concussion. Um, Carl Joseph still out. You know, we were down to our third string strong safety and Sheldrick Redwine, who didn't play bad. He had a sack today. Uh, had an interception last week. Didn't play bad, but bottom line, he's, he's our third string strong safety. So... And then Sandejo's a travesty. Um, linebackers didn't play particularly well today, but they weren't, the, like, the reason we lost the game. So, you know, um, I thought our D-line was all right, although the Steelers ran on us pretty decently. Um, yeah, look at the stats. I mean, James Conner had a pretty decent game. He had 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, Steelers didn't really do a whole lot outside of that, but... Yeah, no. it seemed like they didn't have to. The Browns kept setting them up in favorable positions off of turnovers. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was just, it was just bad. I mean, just I, I keep going back to it. It was just, it was just bad. I don't know. I've got a headache and I'm like, just in a fog over the game today. So I've got like no energy right now. But um, I think it makes a lot more sense to to view this in context of the rest of where we are in totality. And where we are in real relation to the rest of the league, I think that's yeah. A if, way if, to this look is, at if this is if this is a a year from the last decade when we when we placed the Steelers in like week six, week seven, something like that, when we're two and four or one and four, like we usually are, yeah, this is way more doom and gloom. But the bottom line is the Browns are four and two. You know, we could be a lot worse. We could be one and five right now, like the Houston Texans. Yeah, you're one and five. You're not coming back from that. No. Period. No. And you got to feel for a guy like Deshaun Watson, who he played his heart out today, and uh, the Texans still lost. Now, granted, they lost to a great team, the Titans. The Titans are undefeated. Um, but the difference between the two teams and losing, the Browns lose. They're still 4-2 and two with a, you hope, easy game next week and then a decent shot of winning the week after going into their bye to – the Houston Texans, who are now looking at you know what draft pick they're going to get next year. Well, you started with the Texans and then mentioned next week's game. Why don't we start going into around the league here uh, and see where things? Yeah, let's are do it. Here. Let's stop talking about this game because um, um, it, it was actually a fabulous game in Nashville today. Uh, the Texans led the Titans late. Uh, the Titans scored a touchdown with about 20 seconds left to send the game to overtime, and then Derrick Henry's touchdown run in overtime gave the Titans a 42-36 to victory. The Titans are an undefeated at 5-0. and Texans, as we mentioned before, are 1-5 and and one of the biggest disappointments in the league. Uh, how how legit is Tennessee? I mean, I, I heard on podcast this week they were ranked number 9 in the power rankings. I couldn't believe that. That's such that we were talking about the Browns usually getting disrespected. I mean, if we were undefeated at number 9, like – I think all of us would be just fit to be tied with the national people. Well, we were number seven, and I, that was the one team that I mentioned. You know, me and Ryan had a uh, had a little bit of a back and forth about 
he he thought the Browns were way overrated at seven, which you know after today, I mean, he's probably right. You may not have been completely wrong, about but that. with the teams that were right behind us, I thought every single one of them was arguable except for the Titans. I thought the Titans should have been above us. Uh, I would agree with that. And that obviously they are now. They're going to be. But, yeah, um, yeah they're really good. <laughs> Tannehill, man, unbelievable. Talk about a guy that has just – Career resurrection oh, if I've ever seen one. Absolutely. Wow. The guy threw for four touchdowns today. <laughs> now the, the Texans' defense blows. But, um, yeah, he Even was so. he was good. He was good. And speaking of next week's opponent, the Bengals, they put up a as they often do, put up a game effort in Indianapolis today. Thought they were gonna uh, be they were up twenty one nothing in that game. Uh, well, you know, young teams not being able to hold a lead. I mean, we know that all too that's, well. It's a common theme. Uh the Colts come storming from behind and they win thirty one to twenty seven in Indianapolis today. The Colts are now four and two. That could be an important tiebreaker for the Browns at some point, having won last week's game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh well, Tennessee's probably on their way to winning that division, but I was going to say we will play them. Later. We will play in Nashville um, in the second half of the season. I think that's the week before we play the Ravens. December is going to be tough for the Browns. Yeah, for sure, having to play the Titans in addition to uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Um, looking further down the board, one o'clock games here. We had a shocker in. Well, I don't know if this is the, this big of a shocker in Minneapolis. The Atlanta Falcons are finally off the Schneid. They win in Minneapolis, forty to twenty-three over the Vikings. I have no idea what happened to the Vikings today. They just didn't even show up. Well, Kirk Cousins had three picks in the first half, so <laughs> that's about all you need to know. Um, I guess so. That, it's another one of those, you know, uh, team fires their coach. They rally around the interim coach for one or two weeks. I mean, the Texans did it last week. They got a win mm-hmm. over those very same Vikings. Um, the Vikings are getting bit by the uh, the teams uh, playing up for their uh, interim coach who just got the job. They've done that the last two weeks, and they've they've gotten beat both games. So, yeah, uh, Matt Ryan played well. I've got him in fantasy, so he he did me some favors today. So did Julio Jones, who I have in my other league. Um, so Matt Ryan at thirty points today. I was very appreciative of that. Oh yeah, the Broncos. How about this one? The Broncos yeah. go to Foxborough and beat the Patriots eighteen to twelve. Yeah, I I said it before before we uh, before we came on the air here. Um, I had Broncos in, in our picks, but that was just against the spread. I thought they would cover the nine. I never in a million years would have picked them to win outright in Foxborough. That is the kind of loss that really makes you wonder if this is just end of the road for the Patriots and they're just going to have to blow this thing up. Well, I mean, the, the that, Patriots, that is terrible. The Patriots stink right now. And, and I a lot of it is, you know, they lost four defensive starters due to the, uh, the opt-outs for COVID before the season started. And they have like, three or four guys on their co- like COVID list right now. So they're decimated, especially on defense. Um, but that doesn't excuse them only scoring 12 points against Denver at home. Um, I don't know what was going on today. But, yeah, New England's, New England's not a Super Bowl contender. The Broncos and the Patriots are both 2-3 and three following that game. In New York, the speaking of getting off the schneid, the Giants get off the schneid today. Barely. They, they by the... If Washington, Barely. the football team, um, you know, one of the situations we often see in football, you score a touchdown in the final minute of the game and you're down one. Do you go for two or not? Yep. In this case, Washington does go for the two, but they don't get it and they yeah. end up losing. You know what was interesting about, and, and I don't mean to go back to a previous game, was uh, the Texans uh, 
I know you want to rag on the Texans a lot. No, 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 no. This isn't ragging on them. I'm, I'm actually, I want to give credit to Romeo Cornell because it's a move that that I would have that. I don't know why teams don't do it more. Now he got burned by doing it this year, but uh, so that the Texans scored a touchdown. They were up thirty to twenty nine. They scored a touchdown to go up thirty six to twenty nine. They went for two to try and make it a two score game and essentially end the game. They didn't get it, so it stayed a seven point game. Now that's that's a move I don't I don't understand why teams don't do it more, but in this case it burned the Texans. But I commend Romeo Cornell for doing it because, you know, ultimately they gave up the touchdown to go to overtime and lost the game in overtime. But if you score the two point conversion there, the game's over. The game's done. Right. I, and it is a good aggressive play to make. And, and and Devil's Advocate says even if they would have kicked the extra point, what's to say that when the Titans score the touchdown they wouldn't get the two point conversion exactly. anyway? Yeah. So. So, but but it, it it is one of those it is one of those situations, um, that you know the the whole the extra point thing. So I I forgot to to bring that up when we were talking about that game. As we continue here, down in Charlotte today, we had a battle of uh, quarterback reclamation projects, uh, and in this case, it's just the Nick Foles train continues. Uh, the Bears defeat the Panthers twenty three to sixteen. Bears defense did enough against Teddy Bridgewater and the and Panthers offense. Boy, talk about it, the ugliest five and one football team you've probably ever seen. Oh, I mean, the defense is playing very well. For exactly. The Bears. I that's, mean, that's the it, part that nobody was talking it, about. You know, it's the whole rem- Trubisky versus Foles thing. It's reminiscent to 2006 when they r- rode their defense to the Super Bowl and Rex Grossman was their quarterback. Oh, they had an elite defense that year. Right. I, I mean, their defense is good this as good this year. But hey, they're five and one because of their defense and nothing else. If you're holding, they're not doing anything on offense. If you're holding teams below 20 points, you I mean, you can beat anybody, especially now. Yeah. I mean, if you're holding teams under 20 points in this NFL. Yeah, you're 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 doing good things. I mean, we're at the point where we are going to have to start taking the Bears seriously because they, they are getting one, things done here. Stop Five Bears. one, Panthers fall to three and three with that defeat that snaps a three game winning streak for them. Um, kind of an irrelevant game here. The Lions go to Jacksonville. They beat up on the Jaguars thirty four to sixteen. Neither I one that, of these. I got that game wrong. Uh, I went two and seven in the early window today. <laughs> I was terrible. In fact, other than the, the Titans coming from behind on the Texans, but the only ga- other game I covered was uh, in Philadelphia. The Eagles, after being down way down early against the Ravens, um, they were a two-point conversion away from tying that game, and unfortunately they were not able to make the two-pointer either. I was rooting and, for the birds today. And uh, the Ravens escaped Philadelphia with a 30-28 to win. Yeah, the the Eagles took their shot. The top two teams in the AFC North the last two weeks, they don't win either one, which sucks for the Browns, obviously. Um, Can't be too mad at them. I mean, we we, Ravens we lost to both of those teams. Uh, too. They looked a lot. They looked a lot better against those two teams than yeah. they did. Go very much it. so. But <laughs> I'll say it like I said about the one and five Texans. <laughs> We're four and two. The Eagles are one four and one. Yeah, they, you'd so much rather bit, be where the Browns are. A little in the bit better position. than the Eagles. But sure. the Eagles are in the worst division of football. Yeah, they really don't have anything to lose right now because, yeah. I mean, you just win a few games, you're going to be a yeah. couple games ahead in the standings. Go you, figure. You do, you do get a little bit worried uh, if the Cowboys uh, win tomorrow and they go to 3-3. Three and three, But Maybe, still possibly. A of, still a lot of season left. But how – I mean, how confident are you in Andy Dalton? I mean, not very. Not very. But you know, whatever. Who, who knows? 
Anyway, into the 4 o'clock window right now, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins are actually looking like one of the best teams in football right now. They're crushing the Jets 21 to nothing. The Jets. That would get them to 3-3. Three and three. The Jets, of course, are over, so it looks like unlike the Falcons. The Jets are the team this year that uh, we're going to start hearing, Ooh, can, can Clemson beat the New York Jets? Uh, can Alabama beat the New York Jets? No, they can't, but the Jets stink. You know, the Jets missed the boat on not getting rid of Adam Gase because Adam Gase literally just turns around and releases Le'Veon Bell earlier this week. Like, yeah. they're they're trying to get worse. Uh, it's yeah, it's well, so I, funny. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, if they if they end up with the number one pick, are they going to move off of Sam Darnold and draft Trevor Lawrence? I would think they would have to. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. You talk about potential QB reclamation projects. I mean, Sam Darnold still has a lot of talent. He's just in an, an absolute black hole in uh, uh, with the with the Jets. Any if there was any team in the league that needs just a complete blow it up, start it over, it's definitely the Jets. Yep. Uh, the other game going on four o'clock window right now. The Packers jumped out to a ten nothing lead on the Bucks. The Bucks have now run off twenty eight unanswered. It's twenty eight to ten. Twenty eight to wow. ten. Aaron Rodgers, a pair of interceptions, including a pick six, wow. got that run going for Tampa. That is that would be a huge win for Tampa, and yeah. uh, you gotta figure their their odds are pretty good at having it as they're up by eighteen. I mean, we've seen big comebacks though. So yeah. if I mean, if there's any team that can come back from eighteen down, Green Bay is definitely one of them. Surely. Uh, going into the night games tonight, we've got the Rams playing at the 49ers. The Rams are four and one. Obviously, they'd be in really good shape if they win this game. The 49ers are zero and three at home. They got to find a way to get something done here. Yeah, I uh, I actually picked the the 49ers. Uh, well, I picked them to cover, but the spread I think is like three. So I pretty much have them think that they're going to win outright. 49ers, I feel like, you know, they're one of those teams that should be really good they got absolutely demolished last week so you think like pride is going to set in and i think they're going to play their ass off tonight um maybe they don't win but i think that i think tonight's game i think it's going to be a good game and i think it's gonna be a close game i still have the sneaky suspicion that the rams really aren't that great even though arguably they should be undefeated right now i mean they their one mm-hmm. loss they really got boned against buffalo <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, to to Monday night, we actually have a good doubleheader of games. We mentioned the Cardinals playing at the Cowboys previously. Uh, Arizona three and two, Dallas two and three. The even better game is the one before that. Kansas City at four and one going to Buffalo, who I just mentioned, uh, also at four and one. Yeah, you know, that's that's going to be a tough place for Kansas City to pull out a win. Uh, Buffalo has been extremely good at home so far. They've been good pretty much everywhere, actually. Um. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. Battle of young quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, we'll... That's going to be a good game. Really good game. Uh, I think I picked Kansas City in that game. I did as well. I was – I don't know. That, that was one of the ones I really had to go eeny meeny on. The, the other one, Arizona, I don't see how Arizona couldn't possibly win that game. But, I, I mean, I've been an Andy Dalton hater for years, so <laughs> – well, that's where that's where it all is. I mean, if you look at where everything is in the league, took, you actually took Buffalo. Oh, did I? Yep. Hmm. Well, you, uh, you have Buffalo hmm. plus four and a half. So, you yeah. know, if Kansas City wins by three, could you be win. a few, could be a field goal game. You never know. But bottom line, you look at the where the whole the totality of the AFC: Titans, Ravens, Steelers. Clearly, the top three. 
uh, KC too. And uh, yeah, okay, Kansas City in there. There, there. There's your top four. Throw in whoever is going to win the AFC East. I mean, right now Buffalo's in first right, place. Buffalo, yeah. So then you got the two other spots right now that they're being occupied by by the Browns and the Colts at four and two. So really, if you're looking already at playoffs, I mean it's way too early to be doing this, but I, we have nothing else to really talk about today. <laughs> um, the teams you're looking at having to hold off right now, Miami would be one of them. Um, possibly you you might be looking at a team like New England or Denver. Vegas, maybe. Uh, yeah, definitely the Raiders might be a team that you might have to look at. Um, but, I mean, those are the teams, you know, Miami, Vegas, New England, those are the teams you're going to have to be trying to hold off if you want to make the playoffs ultimately. Yeah. I mean, you look at it and uh, just the, the schedule, the rest of the, you know, we got the Bengals and the, and the Raiders. We know that. We're, we're hoping that the Browns can, can beat the Bengals next week. Uh, Vegas is a toss-up game for me. I don't know, just because – Las Vegas is so. Um, That's a really big game. It's, now. it's a toss up. I mean, game. you you win that game, you're gonna have tiebreakers on both Indy and Vegas. That's really gonna look. And good. you're six and two. And, well, presumably, assuming you don't lose to Cincinnati right. for it. Right. And that that would be really really nice. You don't play Miami, so you don't get a chance to really do anything with them. Um, who was the other team? I mentioned? New England. Yeah, you don't play them either. Here's so. the thing. So the Browns got smoked today. That's undeniable. The Browns don't play a truly tough game where I think you go into it saying the Browns probably aren't going to win until December. Next yeah, week, the Vegas game is the hardest one they next have. Week, until bang, then. Next week, Bengals. Week after, Raiders. Bye week. Home against the Texans. They stink. Eagles, they stink. Jacksonville, they stink. I mean... There's really no excuse for not winning any of those three games. That you, no. The last three that you just mentioned. No. Especially considering the first two of those are at home. I mean, unless uh, unless, uh, and then you have two tough games. You're at you're at Tennessee, home to Baltimore. But then you have the magic, the magic elixir of the of the double in the Meadowlands, the Giants and the Jets. It, it's the Christmas in New York. I mean, yeah. the, the two weeks in a row. Well, I mean, basically, I'd say if the Browns, based on the way they've played this year, if they just win the games they should win. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They should finish the year eleven and five. I had them going ten and six. That's I'm feeling pretty good about that right now. And again, even eleven is still possible. Right, but I'm, but you're you're allowing for for a classic Cleveland slip up game, which somewhere. which ha- which happens to every team. Every team yeah. loses a game they should win. Um, but the only the only truly tough games the Browns have the rest of the year at Tennessee. Home against Baltimore, home against Pittsburgh. That's it. Those are the tough games. Yeah. And and they're good enough to win at least one of those. And with the way Pittsburgh's playing, they could be 14 and like 13 and 2, 14 and 1 by the time we play them at the end of the year. They it might not, not play anybody. It may not matter. And and we're probably going to be fighting for for the playoffs still at that point. So, you know, that's a tough game for us, but situationally, that's the last game of the year. You know, Big Ben might not play, Juju might not play. Uh, you know, TJ T. Watt might not play, Minka might not play. You know those. So it's we'll see what happens. But the hope would be that either the Ravens or the Steelers have taken on some water by that point, and that they're not like tied going into the final week. Right. You know that that we don't want, especially now because 
you know, before it might have been, well, we don't really care for one or two because they both get buys, but now only one gets a buy. Now, so you're absolutely first right there. Is, yeah, is that's a huge, huge deal. Huge. Absolutely huge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Browns' schedule sets up nicely for them. If, if they can continue to play that they've been playing. Um, yeah. and, and We'll be having a much different discussion if next week is a loss. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we have that win against the Colts, so it's not like we can say, like, oh, they just beat up against bad teams. Well, we beat the Colts. So, and, you know, who knows what the Cowboys, you know, what they're going to do. They could be 500 after this week. They could be. I don't think they will, but they could be. Yeah, I don't think it's likely, but they could be. Um, so we'll see. Uh, what uh, What do you think next week? It's at it's at it's at Cincinnati. Cincinnati has been playing teams close, but with their youth and inexperience, they've been losing games late. Um, what do you see happening? Assuming a, a healthy Baker Mayfield, I see the Browns' offense getting right, just like they did in Week Two. I, yeah, I, I don't think Burrow and even without um, Nick Chubb, I don't think Cincinnati is going to be able to stop our run. Yeah, no. I, and, oh, and, oh, they were pathetic. They were absolutely – they were yeah. soft as cottonelle tissue yeah. trying to stop the Browns running backs in well, week two. Well, ho- hopefully, you know, we don't know because he's week to week, but, you know, hopefully we get Wyatt Teller back next week and he can get back to just mauling people like he had been the first quarter of the season. Yeah, I'm going to go with Browns 38-24 next okay. week. Okay, yeah. Um, I agree with that same line. I, th- I think the Bengals, the Bengals are talented enough, especially on offense, to keep games interesting. So I like where you're at with the Bengals scoring a little bit against us. Uh, obviously, our defense isn't great. Um, but hopefully next week we get Ronnie Harrison back, maybe Carl Joseph back, um, and uh, the offense gets back to clicking. Uh, hopefully Baker can get healthy because I know people like to rag on Baker because of his rah-rah attitude and how he talks a big game and blah, blah, blah. He had a tough year last year whatever. But, um, you know, we just talked about, the Browns possibly going ten and six and eleven and five to end the season. That doesn't happen if Case Keenum is is our quarterback. He's I, I don't care what he did with the Vikings in 2017. That was three years ago. He was awful with the Redskins the last couple of years. If we're relying on Case Keenum, we're not going to get to where we want to go. Bottom line, he's okay. He's a good guy, but we need Baker Mayfield to be healthy and play like he did. Um, over the last month or so before today. So let's hope he gets back healthy, and let's hope that the Browns can right the ship uh, right away and we don't have any spiraling, and hopefully this game doesn't bleed into next week and the week after and, you know, we don't see some sort of uh, uh, lull. So hopefully we get back to, I'm going to say 31 to 21, Browns-Bengals next week. All right. So that's going to pretty much do it for us uh, for this week's show. Um, Browns lose today in Heinz Field. F that place. Uh, 38-7. Bad, bad day. But we're still 4-2. We're still looking good as far as um, other teams that were fighting for the playoffs the rest of the year. Easy schedule coming up. Hopefully, Browns can take care of business and, uh, you know, if only that scene, on If only that scene from The Dark Knight Rises was real. Which one's that? The one where the receiver is running to the end zone, the stadium's just oh, collapsing yeah. behind. Yeah, shout out to uh, Jordan Hoffman. He uh, uh, he tweeted a picture of that today during the game. He's something like uh, uh, the only 
the only thing Heinz Field was ever good for or something, something like that was imploding. So uh, shout out to that. Um, and shout out to Ryan and Jimmy who are both out uh, today. Um, hopefully we'll be back with those guys next week. And uh, we'll see you then. Uh, stay tuned for a official episode of LOTL coming up this week. And we'll be back with you guys next Sunday after hopefully a Browns bounce back win over the Bengals. So for Steve, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the Deerfield Gridiron Postgame Show. And we'll catch you guys next week.